ABC Sport. Grandstand cricket. There you go. That's it for the day. You can hear the bales. And that is Stumps. This is Grandstand at Stumps. On ABC Radio. ABC Sport Digital. And take us with you on the ABC Listen app. What a thrilling opening day to the third men's test between Australia and Pakistan at the SCG before a crowd of 33,905. Thoroughly entertaining with a dramatic fight back from Pakistan who were four for 47 after winning the toss and electing to bat. They were one for none and two for four. And then when Shan Masood was out shortly after lunch, five for 96, 150 looked like about the top that Pakistan could reach. But then Mohammad Rizwan played brilliantly for 88 off 103 deliveries with 10 fours and two sixes. Then the tail began to collapse and at nine for 227, it looked like that the uh, Pakistan innings was shortly about to end. But alas, an 86-run partnership, the second highest ever 10th-wicket partnership for Pakistan against Australia between Amir Jamal and Mir Hamza, the number 11. Jamal coming in at number 9, scored 82 off 97 deliveries, 9 fours, 4 sixes. Not only his highest test score, his highest first-class score. He was the last man out, and he looked most disappointed when he holed out to long on. Mir Hamza remained 7 not out from that 86-run partnership all out 313 in the 78th over. The star for Australia, once again, Captain Pat Cummins. For the third innings in a row, he picks up a five-wicket haul. 18 overs, one maiden, five for 61. The other wicket-takers, Mitchell Stark, two for 75. Josh Hazelwood, one for 65. Nathan Lyon, the last wicket, one for 74. Mitch Marshall joined us shortly, one for 27. They were the wicket-takers. And in reply, Australia, none for six. Dave Warner to great acclaim, came out, faced the over of the off-spinner, Sajid Khan, who's been recalled by the Pakistan selectors for this test. First ball, he cut it away for a boundary. He's six not out. That is Australia's score. It's the pink test, raising money for the McGrath Foundation, looking to add as many breast care nurses as possible over the next few days. And Glenn McGrath, the Australian former fast bowling legend, is with us right here. Glenn, good evening to you. What a day's cricket that was. What a fight back from Pakistan. Yeah, good evening, Andrew. Good evening, everyone. It's, uh, it was an amazing day's cricket. The way it started, losing two wickets in the first, uh, what was it, eight deliveries. I was thinking, oh, this could be an ugly day. They could be all bowled out for 100, similar to second uh, innings over in Perth where they knocked over for 80. And then at times they put on partnerships, then it looked dodgy again. And to get to 313, I think they'd be absolutely pumped with that. That's a, a great effort at one stage. Thought if 150, 160, yeah, it could have been, they yes. could have been bowled out. But, uh, yeah, credit to them. They hung in there. They kept fighting and got through. So uh, interesting to see how Australia go on this pitch. You don't really know exactly how the pitch is playing until both teams have, uh, have batted and bowled on it. But uh, this game is in a better situation for Pakistan than I thought it was going to be. You know a wee bit about batting down in the tail. What about Amir Jamal's innings of 82? Is that all credit to him? Are there question marks about the Australian bowling tactics in that 86-run 10th wicket partnership? How do you read what happened there? Yeah, probably 50-50. You've got to give Jamal credit. He played well. He hit some uh, some big hits and clean strikes there for boundaries, for sixes as well. But, you know, the Australian tactic, they, they went hard. They, they bowled short. But they seemed to have plan A, but there was no plan B. Um... Yeah, after a while, if the short pitch deliveries don't work, then get back in the channel because what 9, 10, 11 do very well, they nick the ball really well. And unfortunately for Australia, they didn't go back to that and, uh, yeah, paid the price, I think, in the end. So, uh, yeah, that's the way Australia play. We saw the Ashes series. They, they 
resorted to short pitch bowling and stuck at it. So, uh, yeah, whether that's something they need to, to look at, I think maybe. Um, but, you know, Pat Cummins and, the, and powers to be might think that's the way to go. Well, Amir Jamal, you've got to like the cut of his jib. In Melbourne, he was just batting for survival. He's trying to be there to help out other players around him. And he lasted 80 deliveries for 30-odd not out. He was a completely different kind of knock. Because the tail were collapsing, you know, they lost three for seven after T, and they looked like they weren't long for this world. But Amir Jamal came out, took the attack up, and he's not comfortable against the short ball, but all of a sudden he was belting a few pull shots. He's coming down the track to the spinners, hit four sixes. It was a really impressive knock. No, it was. And so I think in Melbourne he played to the state of the game. He was trying to hang around here. Had nothing to lose. It's day one. You're batting with uh, number 10-11. If you try to survive, you're not going to last very long. You're not going to score runs. You might as well put the fight back to the Australians, and he did that well. Well, we're going to hear some highlights from Amir Jamal's innings very, very shortly. Uh, hopefully, he's going to join us as well. Glenn McGrath and Andrew Moore with you on Grandstand Cricket. Stewie Clark just sloping along the boundary. He'll be with us shortly as well. So, Glenn, you, you are Mitchell Marsh's microphone as well, who joins us on Grandstand at Stumps. Mitch, thanks for joining us. We're just talking a thoroughly entertaining day for us to watch. I'm sure it was a real mixture for you guys in the field. Such a great start. Looked like you were going to rock and roll them, and then they put on that amazing last wicket stand. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, fair play to Amir Jamal. He, he batted beautifully, didn't he? Um, we sort of threw everything at him, and um, I thought he batted really well. So um, I think it's a pretty even day. Um, we saw that it was a new ball wicket, certainly early on. Um, I think it's going to be a fairly traditional SCG wicket. A lot of fielders in front of the wicket as the test match goes on. But, um, yeah, we'll take that today. The start, when they win the toss and bat, and they're two for four in the second over. Both openers gone for Ducks. They're four for 47. Uh, you must have been feeling cock-a-hoop out in the field. Yeah, it was a, certainly an impressive start from the lads. Um, I thought we got the ball in the right area. Um, a few good balls. They nicked a few. Um, and then, as we saw, it got a little bit harder as the ball got older, a bit softer. But, um, yeah, that's, I mean, fairly common for the SCG. So, um, yeah, we fought hard. And, as I said, Amir Jamal batted beautifully at the end there. Now, the wicket you took with Sharma suit, pretty handy wicket. You actually got, you got him twice. <laughs> now from the no ball, it was the quickest, I reckon, no ball call from the, the uh, grandstands that we've ever seen and he was recalled and you were well over but you picked him up straight after T. Run me through the byplay between you and umpire Rillingworth after that dismissal. Um, well, initially um, I was a little bit embarrassed after my celebration. Probably more shocked than I got a wicket, to be honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's never a nice feeling when you see uh, the hand go out. Um, but luckily uh, I got him again, so it was uh, nice to chip in. And the fact that you got him out the same way both times, is there a little bit of a weakness there, you see? <laughs> well, I'm not one to bring out batsman's weaknesses, Pidge, but um, I think we've, we've sort of tried to get um, Sharmasu driving the whole yeah. um, series so far, and um, that's been a common theme for us, so um, that won't change. Now, the tactic of when the tail comes in, you go pretty hard, a lot of short stuff. When that doesn't work, is there a plan B? Because it looked like you just kept going hard, and uh, Jamal did get away there a bit at the end. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I think you always want sort of plan A, plan B, plan C, but um, we felt like that was the best way to get him out. Uh, the ball obviously got soft, so it got harder. And to be honest, I mean, fair play, I thought he batted pretty well. Um, certainly once we brought the spin on, he chose his balls to get a boundary and then made a hard work for us. So um, fair play. And the pitch itself, it, uh, both teams were going to bat first. It looks, uh, it got better as the day went on. Or like you said, new ball. Uh, wicket, but there was a little bit of variation there. Yeah, there was. Um, it was probably a little bit up and down for a day one wicket, but um, yeah, I thought the way we bowled with the new ball um, sort of got us into the game. Uh, 
um, you know, generally speaking here, it's, um, you have to play the long game at the SCG. And, um, I mean, we sort of did have to play the long game this afternoon, but um, hopefully a couple of big partnerships tomorrow and we can um, yeah, have a good day. The uh, last little bit there when um, Davey having to walk out with Usman, what was it like in the rooms? You're a bit nervous. There were a lot of cameras out here. It would have been, it would have been an interesting dynamic in the change room. Yeah. Um, there was a bit of conversation as, as to why didn't we send Gazza out for one, one <laughs> over. <laughs> um, if I'm being brutally honest, I uh, didn't see any of it. I was uh, lying face down on the physio table, just uh, about to hop in an ice bar. <laughs> well, as you say, very evenly poised. 3-1-3 against none for six now with Dave Warner getting those, those six runs. There's always going to be questions about tactics at the end of an innings when they put on a stand like that, as rare as it is for a 10th wicket, although Glenn's been involved in plenty of them, so have you, Saf. Don't worry, I won't forget that. So is, is there a time where you're thinking the short ball, obviously, they're very uncomfortable with it, that that's how they've appeared to be. When they start whacking, how much do you have to evolve in, in that moment on the field? Yeah, um, a little bit. Um, I thought we did a pretty good job. Um, and like I said before, hats off to Amir. He, he batted well. It's test cricket. It's never easy. Nothing's given to you at this level. So um, the ball got, obviously, very soft, and uh, we did find it hard, but... Um, Hopefully it's the same for us. Well, a couple of 90s and a 60. We look forward to seeing you about at some point tomorrow. Well done. Thanks, Thanks Mitch. Gents. Cheers. Thank Mid you. Mitchell Marsh joining us, the Australian all-rounder here at the SCG, and we appreciate his time. We mentioned, and we've been talking about Amir Jamal. Let's have a listen to the highlights of his wonderful knock of 82. Cummins bowls short of a length. Amir Jamal, a pull shot. It's lost in the outfield by the Australian fielders, and it's raced away for four. Amir gets a short ball, pulls it away. Steve Smith can't see it. That one might be over his head. The umpire didn't see it either. The ball's retrieved by a security guard in front of the ladies' pavilion, and it's gone all the way for six. Labashane bowls, Amir Jamal down the track, and he lost this away, through long off, one bounce over the rope for a flourishing boundary. Stark charges in and bowls to him, and he plays the up and cut down to third man for four. And a half century to Jamal on the uppercut. 71 balls. Line in again to Jamal. Goes for the reverse. Sets himself up on. He's nailed it. He has nailed that through the cover region. That's got it in the air for six. I've got to say, I lost track of that. Richard Illingworth is raising both arms in the air. Jamal facing up. Goes again, but goes back over Lion's head. He leapt trying to get two hands to it. And the ball has flown away down to the boundary for four more. And Amir Jamal is on to 80. Field is spread on the leg side in particular here. There's a short leg in place, but using his feet, loft it high down the ground. Now start getting underneath it, takes the catch at long on. And Jamal holds out. And he's disappointed, but it's been an incredible innings from him. 82, and a partnership worth 86 for the 10th wicket. Amad. Amir Jamal, 82, 97 deliveries, nine fours and four sixes. Not only his highest test score, his highest first-class score. And while he may have looked disappointed holding out to Mitchell Stark, I'm sure he's well pleased with that saving innings for Pakistan. He's with us down on the boundary. Amir, congratulations. What an innings. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, I mean, uh, it was lovely to be in the middle, uh, especially when you're performing for your team, when it was much needed. Such a different innings from Melbourne where you've survived 80 deliveries and you're under a lot of pressure and you're trying to survive, ended up with a 30-odd not out. Here you decide to go on the attack. You're dropped down to number nine from number eight. 
Did that play a role in the fact that you thought, no, no, I'm a number eight here, come on? Uh, no, I know when I came to bat, I know they're going to come hard for us. And um, I, was, uh, I was well prepared for that because uh, when every time, whenever these, they've got uh, best bowling attack. So, and Pat Cummins is pretty smart as well. So they knew it. They wanted to get us uh, out as early as possible to put us in the field as well. So I was like, I was going after every ball and maybe I got hit every time. Every time I don't mind it, but I, I'm going to still stay there. We ended up hitting a few nicely with, with four sixes, a few lovely pull shots as well. At what point, there's about three overs left before the new ball is due late in the day. Are you starting to think a century? Is that starting to cross your mind? <laughs> no, 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 no. There was no personal milestones for me uh, because uh, my uh, personal milestone was only just to represent my country and that I achieved. And when I was at the middle and trying to get as many as runs I can, um, it wasn't about the new ball. I didn't even look at the scoreboard how many overs we left. So I was trying to get as many as runs we can get. Yeah, no, well done, Amit. So the Australians came hard at you bowling a lot of short stuff. And they continue bowl. Were you surprised that they just continue bowling short balls? Yeah, I know when I was uh, about to come in for the batting, so I knew that they're going to come hard. They set the field for every, every single ball. I knew that they're going to come very hard on me. Uh, because uh, I think uh, on, uh, in Melbourne, they've got us uh, five wickets. We uh, they've got five wickets on the 15 runs. So I decided to go after them. Even if it's high, low, whatever that is, I was like, pretty confident to go after them. Yeah, some good striking there and a good partnership with Hamza at the end. 80-odd 80, 80 runs. What was the conversation with him? Were you <laughs> protecting him? And, you know, by the end, you was, had a lot more faith in him by letting him face yep. a few more balls. So, basically, when he came to bed, he was a bit nervous as well, as same as me. Uh, <laughs> so, I told him, uh, there's nothing happening. Uh, so, just be brave. Uh, even if it hits you on the body, just don't matter. It's a part of game. So, I just keep uh, talking to him in our language, Pashto maybe. Yeah. So I just keep talking to him and trying to give him just a couple of last ball of the over. So as soon as he gets a little bit confident and then after that I give him a couple of overs to play as well. And the pitch itself, how do you felt it played? There was a little bit of movement early, but as that ball got on, it's a good batting pitch or are you looking, to bo- looking forward to bowling on it tomorrow? Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good deck to bat on, to be honest. Uh, short balls weren't that quick uh, as compared to Melbourne and Perth. So there was a bit, uh, bit more time to play those pull shots for the short, boundary, uh, short balls. So I think uh, even if we need to stick to the stumps, I think that's the basic. We need to uh, stick to the basic on such kind of pitches. So they have got, you get the wickets. We've been talking about the last couple of matches that you played cricket in Sydney um, a few years ago now at Hawkesbury. Yeah. And I asked you just off air that were any of your teammates, that they came out to support today? <laughs> Yes, three of them were here, both of the brothers and uh, one of uh, Pat Cummins' misses as well. So they came here to see me and I, in the morning I think I met them as well. So they've been here all day supporting me. They have been. Now, they, um, we've been saying that you learnt your trait playing at Hawkesbury, but that reverse hit today, have you ever played one of those before? <laughs> I used to play a lot, uh, but at a certain time I just uh, stopped playing that because uh, I wasn't that confident, I wasn't feeling that confident, but... So I was just reading um, Nathan Lyon's mind what he's going to do next. So he was setting the field for every ball. So that was the best option to do against him. It certainly was. Well, you got it clean and you hit it very clean. Tomorrow, you said with the ball, do you think your ball might go reverse a little bit with roughed up on that pitch? Yes, uh, that's what we, uh, I think, discussed with uh, our bowling coach as well. Uh, so that, that's our plan. So basically, we need to stick to the basics. Uh, just don't give them any width offside, onside, anything. 
And I think if we need to uh, just stick to the stumps and ball stump to stump, that would help. Did any time out here, I mean, did you ever come to a pink test just to watch? Uh, no, uh, in, back in 2017, I came, I was sitting there to watch Pakistan's game. So I've never been on the pink test. So it's, uh, I think it's a really lovely to be on here. And it's a very good sport from the, all, of, all of the audience. Now, what's better, the SCG or Benson's Lane where he used to play for Hawkesbury? <laughs> <laughs> I would have said um, SCG because <laughs> that's my highest score ever. And I scored 79 as well on the Benson Lane, but that deck is slow, better than that one. <laughs> I'm going to say this is much better than Benson's yeah. Lane. Let's not, let's, <laughs> this is that's, that's a slightly different... 80 compared to what you had at Benson Lane. <laughs> yes, but yeah. you've also got 12 wickets in the series, and that's your job tomorrow, right? You guys will be keen for a, a good start and finish some of the good work you did in Melbourne with the ball. Uh, yes, uh, I never thought I would be uh, second highest wicket taker of the series so far. But every time, every night I go to the bed, every time I think about Pat Cummins, oh, he got that, wicket, that 10 wickets in the last game. He's just wicketed in front of me. So every time, whenever I was speaking to my coach as well, so he's one uh, wicket ahead of me. So if I get two or three wickets, I might go in front of him. So he got five again. Yeah, three times in a row. I need to work hard, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> after the confidence you picked up today, who knows? So 313, Australian none for six. Is it very evenly balanced, would you say, after day one? Yeah, I think uh, it's a pretty good, decent score on the board. Uh, uh, there was a time when we were in Tagrib. I guess uh, we were on 213 when the last wicket fell down. And I think that's a pretty good uh, score for the first inning. From four for 47 too. Five for 95, in a yeah. lot of trouble. Congratulations. That was so much fun for us to watch. I'm sure you had a ball out there too. You survived the early time and then made the Australian play. Well, uh, well done. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bagra. Amir Jamal, the Pakistan all-rounder with a stunning 82 here at the SCG. From Benson Lane to the Sydney Cricket Ground where he's topped his score from playing at Hawkesbury. What a knock that was and what a thoughtful young man to listen to speak talking about trying to predict every t ball Nathan Lyon would bowl based on field placings. Well yeah you could see what the Australians were going to bowl you know, especially when the fast bowlers are on and then Nathan Lyon so you know he thinks about it and once you get in on this pitch he showed just clean hitting what he could do and uh, when, next time when they go to set the batting order, Jamal listen I'm batting up there. I'm not... Get, no? Yeah, please. Please. Let's stop just, with this. Just beat him out. Get out of my way. I'm going in next. Well, maybe that's his spot. You know, he's, <laughs> maybe nine, did you? Yeah. Uh, oh. Cricketers can be a little bit superstitious. You might think, that's where I am. I'm averaging 88 with the bat down there. Maybe I'll stay there. Well, remember last time Pakistan was here in Adelaide, even though they were well beaten, Dave Warner got his 335. Yassir Shah scored 113, but he came in at number eight. Mm. And it was the most unlikely century in a rear guard action uh, for Pakistan. So their tailenders can get it done from time to time. I meant to ask Mitch Marsh about a few of those balls that Amir was whacking away on the leg side. On this side of the field, we're talking in front of the members' uh, stand here at the SCG. Steve Smith lost one, Manus Labashain lost one. And one of our listeners wrote in asking whether it might have been the pink or the red signs and the advertising hoardings across in the O'Reilly stand. What do you put that down to, or is it just a hazy sky? Well, the sun, you know, there's been a bit of cloud come in, and the, the sun's been gone for quite some time in this light, so probably more used to the white ball under lights, and the red ball can get a little bit lost, especially in the crowd. I don't know, it's, uh, unless there's a few more people colourblind with uh, pink and red, well, I, who I, knows? I think the other thing is, because this ground's empty at the moment, the seats are blue, so it looks like it's quiet, but if you put 
30,000 people in here with all their different colours. Glenn's right, the red ball. It's the reason why we don't play red ball cricket under lights because you do lose sight of it. That's why the pink ball exists. Yeah. But sometimes it's just hard because you're watching, you think it's going somewhere. That's the excuse I always used to have when I misfitted. I didn't see it. You know, oh, sorry, I couldn't see it. You know, background, no good. Don't worry, when the slips <laughs> and the gully drop the catch, don't worry, they always whinged about, oh, oh it came out of the background. So uh, you miss a few. That's all right. With two former Australian fast bowlers, I need a comment on Pat Cummins. Three straight innings with five-wicket hauls. I know Rick on, on air, Glenn, gave the, the stat that he has more five-wicket hauls as a test captain than he did yep. before his test captain, which, you know, with all the question marks about a fast bowler being a test captain, they seem to well have truly been washed away. His performances just seem to get better and better. Well, his quality is, and he's world-class. He just runs in and just, you know what you're going to expect. He delivers ball after ball in that same area, challenging the batsman, testing the batsman every ball. So he, he bowls, doesn't bowl any rubbish. And to be honest, when they went short at the end, I thought if they get it up through the channel a bit more, they're probably going to sort of go for less runs, put more pressure on it, and they'll, they'll get, a, get an edge. So, But Pat Cummins, he shows how good he is. Five, three innings in a row. Um, and, yeah, quality. He was quality. He bowls from a good angle. His angle into the where he delivers the ball from. He varies it a little bit, but he's always angling in at the top of the off stump and he has the ball yeah. ability to take it away from the right-hander. So as much as you think it's going to hit the stumps, it's always seeming away as well. So just a quality fast bowler. Oh, did you ever get three fifers in a row? Uh, apparently so. So Rick said I did. Um, but, yeah, so th- that angle that Pat Cummins bowls, batsmen feel they have to play every yeah. delivery, whereas Josh Hazelwood bowls great areas, but... You feel if you could leave the occasional yeah. one because it's just leaving you off the pitch. Nathan Lyon, wicketless in the second innings in Melbourne, got the last wicket here today, got rid of Amir Jamal, who holed out to long on, and Mitchell Stark. Are you concerned about his form at all, or is that just two innings and don't worry about it? Look, he hasn't bowled as well as we've seen Nathan Lyon bowl in the past, but I'm not concerned about it. It just, you know, it wasn't his day. The first day wicket as well. Not a lot on offer, and Jamal took him on trying to protect um, Hamza as much as possible. So, look, he'll be disappointed with his own not picking up a bag of wickets, but I don't think he bowled badly, and I don't think he bowled overly badly in Melbourne either. It just hasn't been his day. He'll be working hard. He'll be doing all the right things, and, you know, come the second innings, it might be Nathan Lyon time. A word, Glenn, on the quartet, who now have surpassed the England quartet of James Anderson, Stuart Broad, Ben Stokes and Moeen Ali with over 415 test wickets as a quartet. They broke that record today. What does that tell us about the quality of Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins and Lyon? Oh, with their quality without a doubt, and they did it in a lot less tests than, uh, than the English quartet. But the thing is, they've all contributed. And hearing Rick, he said that basically 25% of the wickets came from each of the four. So that goes to show how good they are, how good they work together. And uh, if one of them's not doing it, the other one is. So uh, quality. The durability of those four guys. They've played so many tests together now. And, you know, you said they've done it in half as many times, you know, not as many tests as the other four from England. But they just seem to turn up and play. And in games where guys are resting and there's various tournaments around the world, those four have been, the, you know, the, I suppose the, the bread and butter of the Australian cricket team now for a long period of time. And long may it continue. We only have 90 seconds left. It is the pink test. We're raising money for the McGrath yeah. Foundation. Glenn, you mentioned that the target for the five days is 322,000 virtual pink seats. Well, the last tally we had for day one, 96,273, raising just under $2 million. Oh, absolutely incredible. And the last tally I saw a little while ago was 105,000 right. seats sold. So that's a brilliant start to the first day. 
you know, 322,000 is still a long way off. It's a, a huge thank you to everyone around Australia for, for their generosity. Um, and, yeah, it's going a long way to making a positive difference in so many people's lives at a really tough time in their life as well. So, yeah, absolutely amazing from, uh, from the Australian public, the cricket community. And that website for people to log on if they are interested in purchasing a, a virtual pink seat? Yep, jump online, pinktest.com.au. Grab your virtual pink seat or pink seats. Uh, you get a graphic. You can you know, put your, your names on there, your family names, loved ones, and post it on your socials. So, uh, yeah, and you're supporting families at a tough time in their life going through breast cancer. 40 seconds left. Stewie, final question for you. How important will that first hour be tomorrow? <laughs> I was going to say to you, just everyone, that first hour tomorrow is so crucial. You don't want to lose two or three wickets. Mind you, they lost two wickets very quickly in the first hour. They lost three wickets, I think, in the first hour, and it didn't affect their score. So tomorrow, first hour, make sure you're tuned in. We'll be on air. Glenn will be on air. There's plenty going on. 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time tomorrow for day two of what was, a, after a fascinating opening day, Pakistan bowled out for 313 and Australian none for six. Dave Warner in his last test will resume in the morning on six. Usman Khawaja yet to score. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Stewie. Thanks to the rest of the team, including Rick Finlay. I'm Andrew Moore. Catch you tomorrow for day two here at the Sydney Cricket Ground.